Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital Seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. This Jocks 94.5 podcast is brought to you by Millennium Satellite and Video. Log on to MSBnow.com. TV excellence everywhere. That's Millennium. McElroy and Kulik in the Morning starts now. Some interesting audio from an in-state, former in-state coordinator multiple places in the state following up on kind of where this coaching carousel is headed and where the future of college football coaching may be going. Interesting because I've had some people tell me that they don't believe this. They don't think this is a real thing. They don't think that the I'm looking to get to the NFL situation is real. They just, you can't just hand me Jeff Halfley from BC going to the Green Bay Packers as a defensive coordinator and say that that's telling me that this is a big problem and why do these guys want out? To which my response was, what about the 15 or 20 coaches I've spoken to that have said that they're trying to get out? It's, it's just, it's an interesting time in college football. We've got some news around Alabama, Iowa, the Caden Proctor situation. Get to that a little bit later in the show today. We've got John Parker Wilson, 715. Trevor Sikama from the Senior Bowl coming up at 8.30. Mike Giardi from the Senior Bowl at 9.30. Super Sofa Game of the Week coming up at the end of the show. A lot to get to today. And McElroy makes it in at 7.02? How, 7.01. We're getting actually, better here. Yeah. We're get, we're, we're, we are improving. For those of you who don't know, McElroy <laughs> is a solo dad for 10 days. Has to get the children to school and then get back and get on the air. Uh, record time today here um, after two two opportunities. This one, uh, I, I feel like I've, I'm not perfected it yet, but I, you know, this is like the things I do. Do you do, do you guys do these things? Like I compete with myself, like how quickly I can get back, how, uh, how quickly I can go and, um, you know, do something like, Hey, I have to not, and I'm not saying like cut corners, but like accomplish a task and how quickly I can do it. Oh, of course. And I'll be like, Oh, it took me 15 minutes last time. It's going to take me 12 minutes this time, whatever it is. So. Yeah, that was, that's going to be probably the next week. Like how efficient can our morning routine be? 
before my wife gets back a week from today. What was the major adjustment you made from yesterday to today? Like, what, what was that halftime adjustment that you went in and made? Big adjustment, uh, went from watching Little Giants in the morning to no TV in the morning, waking them up later and giving them a slight sense of urgency by saying, first one to eat gets an applesauce. Uh, and then first one to get dressed gets an applesauce. I know one's going to eat faster than the other. I know one's going to get dressed faster than the other. So therefore they both get their applesauce. That's, I knew that was going to happen, but to create a little bit of a competitive edge. Go for it. You know, just I'm not saying that it's that it's normal. Uh, are there slight sociopathic tendencies in there? Sure. Yeah. But uh, hey, we got to get to school on time, and I, Dad's got to get back to work. So, <laughs> got to do what you got to do. You learn the most from week one to week two. This is your second That's day it. of doing it. You learn the most. There we go. Right. So when you prove the 100%. most. Hundred percent. I even prepared a much more difficult breakfast today. I cooked pancakes. Uh, not just like not the microwave the pancakes. I actually cooked them on a griddle. Made the batter. Uh, yeah, made the batter. It's pretty simple. We use Kodiak cakes. Um, it's literally Kodiak cakes water. Got to get the kids and extra protein. Get them I, get I, them I, growling I, early in the morning. Well, you take them to the gym we, after school today. No, <laughs> if we go straight, if we go straight pro. First of all, if you've looked at the nutritional uh, balance of. Kodiak cakes, uh, they're not super nutritious. They have, they go from maybe one gram of protein to like eight. Uh, so it's not like we're not talking about, you know, having young Arnold or Arnold Schwarzeneggers here, but, uh, they're an easy thing to mix. So it wasn't too bad. Got it done. There it is. All right. So, uh, I also like the fact that it, it feels like this week in practice, you just said, you know what? We're going two minute drill in like period two. We're going we're gonna to work two-minute offense right out of the gate. And so wake them up a little bit later, and then boom, right into two-minute drill. You better be ready. Better be That's ready it. for that. And I, um, I, I just hope that he's not pulling a Brian Kelly and setting expectations high so that next time, if maybe there's a little adversity or something, we take a step back. Ugh, the, the, the expectations well, honest, could change. we got a two-day reprieve uh, right. tomorrow and the next day. Um, let me just tell you, you this. Walk My you have walkthroughs the next two days, basically. <laughs> yeah, walkthroughs. It's like we, it's like we're playing on Thursday this week, and that's what the next two days are. Like we can't really practice. It's just we gotta kind of go through the motions. But I'll say this: the uh, the weekends, my kids, and I don't know when this switch flipped. My kids have started to sleep a little bit later. Um. Uh, what time are yours waking up on the weekends? Like, uh, two out of three. Two out of three will sleep, but we have we have a a super early riser in our house. Uh, what he time? Was, he was up moving around when I got up today. I could hear him. Uh, he's he's up between five fifteen and five forty five every day. Ooh. It doesn't matter. He he go to bed at ten. But it, he's getting up, man. Like he's just yeah. I, and I've tried. I've begged him, like stay in bed, buddy. Like rest. Like I, I could see after school sometimes just in his eyes. Like he's just tired. But he just yeah. when that when it starts to get a little bit light outside, like he just gets up and he wants to move around, he wants to do things, and he'll be in there with his Legos in his room or whatever. Like he's just he's up and it, he can't help it. So I mean, I hate it for him. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, big sister, I, I, I mean, I've uh, it was what was it two Fridays ago when I had to I had to take the day off because wife was out of town and get him to school. Like yeah. I had to go upstairs and wake her up. Like I had to get her out of bed. She's in third grade. She was out, and I was just like, man, okay. Like, when is the other one going to start doing this is the question. Three-year-old will sleep. Yeah. He'll stay in bed. Six-year-old, whew, he is up and going right out of the gate yeah. every day. Well, I'll, I don't know. With us, I mean, my oldest now on the weekends, I can probably get, to, get him to – 
depending on the time we go to bed, which tonight will be late. Uh, WWE's in town, so full send tonight. But I do think that he'll wake up, for, if I were to guess, 7.30 tomorrow, which is all I can ask for. Like, I'm up at 6.30, come hell or high water. Weekend, uh, like, up late, doesn't matter. I'm up at 6.30. I don't know why. That's just I, every time. Uh, at the absolute latest. So Sundays, uh, no matter what, 6.30. I think cause I think just, I'm just programmed to do it for, for so many freaking years. Used to wake up at, at 5.15, uh, and now, like, for the show at 6, now at the show at 7, I wake up at 5.30. So I think 6.30 on the weekends, I feel like I'm getting a good night's sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it just doesn't really, it doesn't really bother me that bad, but I can, if I can get them sleeped in pretty good the next couple of days, it's going to completely throw off our routine on Monday. So I'm wondering, do I wake them up and kind of keep our routine going, keep a good thing going a little bit? Mm. That's a tough challenge. It's a tough one. Let them sleep though. Yeah, make the weekend enjoyable, and then uh, you got to get them to bed early Sunday night. That that would be my yeah. my suggestion. We'll see. You'll figure it out for all you guys out there that need a better night's sleep. Your CBD store. Can help with that. They can help with weight loss. Trimmed by SunMed in stock now at the largest brick and mortar CBD retailer on planet Earth. Your CBD store, first company to have USDA certified organic oil supplements. Arthritis for you or your pet. Anxiety for you or your pet. They can help with that. Skincare routine. Also have products to help you there. Visit one of their four locations. Highway 280 by Bailey Brothers, 150 by the Cajun Cleaver. Trustful just off 459 and now downtown in Five Points. Your CBD store where good health hits home. Uh, this Tennessee mess keeps getting messier, uh, G-Mac, and it's not something that looks like it's going to slow down anytime soon. Tennessee Athletic Director Danny White yesterday uh, getting involved by throwing out a statement of his own and one where, uh, once again, all these – let me – I want to kind of just sidebar this for just a moment. Um, the celebratory manner in which people are taking certain statements from people against the NCAA in this, you guys realize this is a little bit like – Stepping into the ring with Superman once you realize kryptonite's a thing. Like th- this is not going toe to toe with Mike Tyson in 1989. This is maybe going toe to toe with Mike Tyson right now, today. Like, oh, oh, I'll step in there today. Like, yeah, you know the weakness is there. You know there's not a lot they can do, but phew, I'll puff my ch- strap up the gloves now. Statement from Danny White: The NCAA generally does not comment on infraction cases because there's a rule against it. However, that has not stopped them in the past from leaking information to the media as they did this week about us. Their actions made this ill-conceived investigation public and forced us to defend ourselves. It is clear that the NCAA staff does not understand what is happening at the campus level all over the country in the NIL space. After reviewing thousands of Tennessee coach and personal phone records, NCAA investigators didn't find a single NIL violation. So they moved the goalpost to fit a predetermined outcome. They are stating the nebulous, contradictory NIL guidelines written by the NCAA, not the membership, don't matter in applying the old booster bylaws to collectives. If that's the case, then 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. This is obviously silly and not productive, as is blaming the membership whenever they are challenged. We need to be spending our time and energy on solutions to better organize college athletics in the NIL era something that NCAA leadership failed to do back in 2021. Student-athletes, prospective student-athletes, coaches, and administrators across the country deserve better, and I refuse to allow the NCAA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example for their own agenda. 
Is he right, Greg? I mean, he's not wrong. He doesn't have any obligation to anyone um, outside of of Tennessee. I mean, Danny White has long been <clears throat> very outspoken, um, not afraid to defend at all ends <clears throat> his program. Remember, he was the AD, the same AD that declared a national championship for UCF and talked about how they are no longer, you know, a G5 program when they were still in the American. So he's pretty outspoken and pretty brash. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think any of his motives in this case are misguided. I think it's just why not go for the jugular? If you're him, why not try to do whatever you can do to get your program out of it with no issues whatsoever? Like, I agree with you. Like, I don't think, um, I personally don't think anything of the current version of the NCAA, like acting like you're taking on, you know, Superman, like you alluded to is very inaccurate. And also, what I'm trying to figure out, man, like, they obviously did break a rule. Like, they're, re- they're using recruiting inducements. They're using NIL as a recruiting inducement, which is fine. Like, but everybody is. So, I, I just wouldn't puff out my chest when you could still very easily be found guilty of something small. And you don't, you don't really know. I mean, you don't know what you might have been found guilty of. To say that you've never done anything wrong is absurd. Uh, because we know that's not the case. So, I would just be a little bit more – they're way too aggressive with this approach, in my opinion. Uh, I think they'd be much better served just proceeding a little bit more from a pr- pragmatic standpoint, just kind of slowly working their way down the rabbit hole. It is interesting to hear some of the comments from Donda Plowman and then now, obviously, from Danny White. It's um, I'm interested in what folks think about it. 800-239-9569. You can tweet in at Mac and Cube. Um, do you feel like this is the death knell for the NCAA? A lot of people feel like this is it. It's over. Um, I, I've had some conversations with folks that say, you know, once this case with Tennessee and Virginia, they do believe that other people are going to hop on board, other states, uh, probably Mississippi, probably Florida at least, that that will be the end of basically NIL regulation, that that's going to go away. Um, I'm not sure a lot of folks want that. I think a lot of folks think they want that. And a lot of folks just point to the NCAA you know, what was the bully in The Simpsons? Um, Nelson. <laughs> yeah, Nelson. Yeah. A lot of yeah. folks are doing that to the NCAA right now, just like uh, excited about their downfall. But you guys want lawlessness and r- no rules and no regulations. And I realize there are a lot of people that think that we have that now, but at least there is an attempt to have some. Um, we'll see where that goes and we'll see where that ends up. And this most likely only ends with some sort of employment status slash collective bargaining which there are people that will tell you that they think the collective bargaining part is definitely going to happen and will not be very difficult. There are other people like me that think it's going to be next to impossible. I just think when you bring that many people to the table, that many different opinions, that many different people that change on an annual basis, that it's going to be hard to do. Now, the portion of that that you would probably counter back to, Greg, and say, oh, no, it can absolutely happen would be, yes, it would be difficult to collective bargain 133 teams. It may not be very difficult to collectively bargain 44 teams or 62 teams or whatever that is once that giant breakaway actually happens. 
As someone that was a part of the NFLPA uh, at the time of the lockout back in 2011, it I'm just telling you, it, it is not a bad thing for college athletics to go to a collective bargaining agreement. If you wanted to look more like it used to look, uh, allow us to go down that rabbit hole. Because I personally believe, and as someone that was a member of the NFLPA, which at the time, with current active roster players, was about 1,600 or so thereabouts, maybe 1,700. If you want to include practice squad, maybe a touch more. I, I don't know. Anyways, it was not a lot of people. And the players folded like the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. I mean, like I'm talking absolutely destroyed by the owners and I think the NFLPA leadership group is pretty pathetic. Uh, imagine how bad it would be when you have the Ramogi Humas and a bunch of other guys that are trying to get rich off this deal, uh, coupled with players that don't know what they're looking at, don't know what they're thinking about, all this other stuff. Everyone's going to be pulling in the same direction and the schools will take it back. So if you like what the old version of college football looked like, you need to probably be rooting for collective bargaining. Um, but I think a lot of people are hopeful that if the NCAA falls and another entity will rise, um, what entity is that going to be? Like everyone's celebrating the, the downfall of the NCAA. Like who do you want in charge? Ramogi Huma? No. Like, who do you want in charge? Like, hey, you want to put Greg Sankey in charge? I'm great with that. But who do you really want in charge if the NCAA is not? Because they've always been the big bad bully in the corner. So everybody hates them. But the NCAA has done a pretty adequate job for the last hundred years of policing the sport that we know and love. And I know they don't necessarily deserve flowers, but I don't see a whole lot of adequate replacements for the NCAA out there right now. Well, I think that's why a lot of people look at it and say, I think the people who have common sense with this discussion say we just hope that this blows it up and provides us with something that's more feasible more sustainable more realistic um but as you stated then what is that um the governor of tennessee bill lee has chimed in as well uh the university of tennessee has been nothing but forthcoming with the ncaa and I thank Chandler Dunn. Can I stop right there too, real quick? Uh, I'm sorry. This, this, this one, this may bother me more than anything else with this. This pounding of the chest by Tennessee folks of how much they cooperated with the NCAA. Guys, let me pull back the curtain for you. They wanted to fire their football coach and not pay him. Do you not see that? Is that not clear? Do people not know that? Do you not recognize the fact that they wanted football coach out, did not want to pay buyout to him, turned over everything to NCAA? Like that is not a trail of breadcrumbs. That is a truck full of bread loaves. It's not hard to follow. Am I wrong, Greg? Is, is there a portion no. of that where I'm misguided in that thought process? No, it's 100% was in an effort to get quote cause. For NC, for Jeremy Pruitt's termination. Like it's, I mean, it's not, and I did, I am, like I said, I have not been on Twitter in quite a while, over a week. So I don't know what are people actually pounding their chests, celebrating the transparency of Tennessee football? I'm pretty sure Austin Price told us that yesterday. The governor of Tennessee, who we know 
definitely knows the inside and outs of collegiate athletics as well as anyone. Don DePlowman in her statement said it. Uh, Danny White just said it in his statement. The clarity they, we've offered. Like we've been more transparent. We we've willing, done this. Oh no, I don't think we have no, cooperated no, fully never with seen the NCAA's Miami that. investigation. No, like no, that's, Miami that's never commonplace. That. No, there are certain yeah. schools. No, I don't think I don't think well, Auburn in 2010 was 100 <laughs> percent cooperative for good reason. Um, a lot of people say that. Like that's a pretty that's a pretty standard go to when you're under NCAA. We plan to cooperate fully. Or, you know, I feel like that's pretty standard in the statement from a PR standpoint that people go to. Now, I, I don't, I, I think that 100%, like, yeah, they're trying to get Jeremy, Jeremy Pruitt hit with the show cause, Jeremy Pruitt hit and blamed exclusively for what went down under his watch. So yes, they 100% gave the NCAA everything. So yeah, you gotta take that with a grain of salt though. Like people aren't gonna see things logically, uh, as it relates to their school and, the current endeavor that is going on with the NCAA. All right, so uh, the statement from the Tennessee governor reads, the University of Tennessee has been nothing but forthcoming with the NCAA. I thank Chancellor Don DePlowman for taking a stand on behalf of all universities and student-athletes. It's time for the NCAA to establish clear rules in the interest of student-athletes rather than try to retroactively enforce ever-changing name, image, and likeness guidance. Um, it's, there's a lot to it. It's complicated. We'll continue talking about I'll it. I'll tell you what frustrates me about these situations next in a second, if you'd like, but I, cause it drives me freaking crazy. We'll hear, for, we'll hear that from Greg and then get to John Parker Wilson right after this break on Jocks 94.5. Catch up with all things McElroy and Kublik in the morning by subscribing to the podcast. Mythically, he's grown. He's almost like a little bit bigger than a player, right? Like the myth of Bo Jackson. Like, rate, and download the show from the Jock app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back in. McElroy and Kublik in the morning, 7.23 a.m. It is Friday, February 2nd, right here on Jocks 94.5. G-Mac, your thoughts on how we were finishing up that conversation? <laughs> you know how you said your pet peeve is like people pounding their chest about how co- cooperative they've been? I'll tell you what drives me absolutely insane. And look, this is not like me picking on Danny White at all. <clears throat> but anytime there is something that can... And we saw this with Florida State back in early December. Even though I think most uh, most administrators are pretty logical, right? Like they they understand how things work. Like, oh well, you know, there's four spots. You know, we <clears throat> you know we we voted on the four spots years ago. But any chance that a that administrator gets to kind of ingratiate themselves to the fan base, it drives me absolutely bananas. It's like straight pandering politically. And when Danny White did it at UCF, it was the most blatant example of ridiculousness of all time. And like I said, not picking on him whatsoever. I actually really like Danny White. Um, I just thought the way he handled the 2017 UCF National Championship was embarrassing. Uh, I really did. I always felt that way. So it's not picking on him. But we saw this with Florida State and the strongly worded comments from Michael Alford uh, about Florida State's exclusion and all these other things. Like, you understand how it works. I mean, this is not it's not like some conspiracy against you. This is simple. They thought Alabama was more equipped to be competitive in the playoff than you were. I just that drives me absolutely bananas that people make these strongly worded statements uh, in an effort to gain political power. 
within their own fan base as opposed to understanding and speaking logically there's it's like there's trigger words in their statements and it just it totally puts the fan base in uproar in their support and while i understand you have to defend your fan base i mean there's also cooler heads that can prevail when it comes to these sorts of situations all right well uh speaking of cooler heads why don't you tell our listeners about polar bear services and how they can help well, Polar Bear Services will get you taken care of because they're honest, they're trustworthy, and they do great work. They've been out to my house many times, and I have yet to have a bad experience with Polar Bear Services. I could not tell you how appreciative I am of Weston and the guys for all that they've done for my HVAC. They helped me with small appliance repairs. They helped me with sl- small appliance installs. They've done all those things for my family, and they've come out and they cleaned the ducts in my home because I want to keep my home healthy during flu season. They'll handle any repair you need, plus full installation of new train units. They're the best in the business, and they're serving all over the great state of Alabama. Remember, if you have a problem with your heat or air, just pick up the phone and call the Bear. It's 205-497-BEAR. It's 497-BEAR. All right, he joins us each and every Friday. Thanks to our friends at Craneworks. It's former Alabama quarterback John Parker Wilson. Lift it, load it, grade it, grind it, move it, haul it, rig it, dig it, crane works, rental works, yeah, the big dog's got it. John Parker Wilson on McElroy and Kublik in the Morning is brought to you by Crane Works. Lift it, buy it, rent it, the big dog's got it. And now, John Parker Wilson. John Parker, always great to have you in. Uh, we're a couple weeks in now to Kalen DeBoer taking over as the Alabama head football coach. We haven't even gotten to the news that he may lose his offensive coordinator already. Uh, we'll update you on that in the next segment. But just what are your overall thoughts? What are you hearing? What are, What is the, the, the feel of Kalen DeBoer and his staff taking over there in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, I think it's pretty positive, Cole. I think, you know, um, he comes in and, and kind of um, – handles the transfer portal that I guess is still open for these guys that, you know, you, you come into a job and then you've got a players immediately leaving. And so you're trying to, you're trying to keep the players that you got. You're trying to finish up recruiting, which he's obviously done a good, a good job in both of those areas. So he's kept some guys, obviously, you know, some guys are going to hit the transfer portal. Um, you know, probably lost a couple that we didn't expect, but I think we've picked some guys up and then, you know, you, you land a huge in-state, uh, recruit the recent Mr. Football. So I think that's, I think that's a lot of momentum going into the offseason. Um, you know, you got, you got other eyeballs now looking at the program and saying, Hey, should I transfer in Alabama? Is that going to be a good fit with this offense? Um, with Coach DeBoer. So I think, you know, the momentum's going. And I think, you know, you've got the guys in the building now that, that really want to be there. So now as he's getting his culture set in place, um, you know, it's got to feel good for him that everybody there wants to be there. They had the chance to leave. If they left, that's fine. All right, we got the guys now that want to go fight with us, and um, I think that's exactly where you want to be heading into, um, you know, all-season conditioning and then spring football. When you look at um, the possibility of losing the offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, uh, obviously it's a real one. We just saw a head coach in college football leave and take a defensive coordinator job at the Green Bay Packers. Um, how much do you anticipate this becoming the new normal where guys are bolting to the NFL because the quality of life is, is just so much easier? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I heard y'all's first segment, our first couple segments. There's a lot going on right now. Um, you know, it, it, the NFL is completely different than college NFL coaches. They, they coach, right. They manage, they, they get their guys ready to play on Sunday. Um, 
you know, they're game planning, but their main job is to go out there and put the game plan in and coach. And in college right now, you've got 99 other things that are going on that you got to deal with. So it's obviously extremely attractive for these guys to go to the NFL, um, you know, make comparable money, um, but have a drastically different lifestyle. So, uh, you know, I, I don't – obviously it would impact Alabama if we lose our office coordinator that, um, you know, as he's getting ready to – install the offense, get ready for spring. But, you know, it's just part of it now. I think these kids can handle it, I don't, whether it's at Alabama or any other program. This is kind of par for the course now. They've grown up in this from, you know, them being early in high school when the transfer portal and everything else started. So they, I think these kids are resilient to this and understand that it's it's next man up, whether a guy transfers out or their, you know, coach gets a different job. Um, you know, obviously Coach DeBoer wants his guys in there, but – um, you know, you, you'd have to feel good about your guy getting another opportunity. But, you know, the, the offense is going to stay the same, I think, regardless of who the coordinator is. So that's that's good just for continuity of, of them getting the new game plan or getting the new playbook in and then getting ready for spring ball. John Parker Wilson with us. He joins us each Friday thanks to Craneworks. I'm interested now that you've had, what has it been, three weeks, I think, uh, to sort of digest Coach Saban stepping down, whether it's a memory, whether it's a conversation you had, just – Something, the fact that this is, this has really happened. This is real. He's not going to be the Alabama head coach next year. Like, is there, is there anything that you have sort of thought of or that's sort of hit you since it's now set in? You know, it, it is, I guess, kind of sitting in, except, especially, you know, um, I'm, I'm just so happy for him. It looks like he's enjoying retirement. And, you know, I know it's a big change anytime somebody does something for so long, whether it's football or any other job. And then, you know, you retire. So, I think it's awesome that he's enjoying it um, and he's, you know, he, he's able to go, you know, play golf or do whatever he wants to because I think I think he's earned it. So, you know, I think just looking back at his departure, obviously he's a great football coach. He's won a ton of football games, national championships, everything you could think of possibly in his profession. But just the, the way he did it and the number of guys, when you hear the, you hear the guys that have played for him and how – they've impacted or how coach Saban has impacted their life. Um, and just the, you know, the decade and a half that he was there and able to do that. I think it's pretty awesome because it's not, he's not just affecting you on the football field and making you a better football player, but a better person, you know, that becomes a better, um, you know, dad and husband and, and everything else. So it's, it's just special to see that the impact that he's had, you know, and you knew it when guys go to the NFL and they're still talking about their college experience when they're, you know, at the podium for the Dolphins or the Giants or whoever it is. Not a lot of players say that about their former schools. And Coach Saban was one that, you know, guys were constantly talking about and just um, impacting guys, you know, and, and families for generations to come. So I know he's proud of that. And, you know, it's just I'm proud to be a part of that also because it was, it was a special run, and I think he did it um, in a pretty special way. We always appreciate your time, John Parker. Great stuff as usual, and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. Have a great weekend. Man, you two guys appreciate Craneworks. They've got offices Birmingham, Mobile, Nashville, and now up in the Huntsville area. Craneworks is the Southeast lit leader for crane and equipment rental, so give the big dog a call for your next lift, machu- machinery moving, or rig- rigging project. The Rental Works Division always has their qualified operators for aerial and earth moving equipment, and WasteWorksUSA.com for all your commercial and residential Roll-off dumpster needs, so check out the full line at CraneWorks.com. Thanks, Sean Parker. Talk to you soon. 
You have a good weekend. John Parker Wilson, former Alabama quarterback, joining us there on the Buyer's Right Hotline for all your insurance needs. Look to Buyer's Right Insurance, a member of the WRM Group, where relationships matter. Uh, more on this and an update on the Alabama tampering story next on McElroy and Kublik in the morning. The capital of the sports talk nation. This is Jocks 94.5 and JocksFM.com. Welcome back in McElroy and Kublik in the morning. 736 right here on Jocks 94.5. Appreciate you guys tuning in. If you're trying to sell your vehicle, you want to get rid of it, Royal Automotive can help. I tried to list my old pickup truck a couple years ago and was just going to try to sell it on Facebook. We know like all the weirdos that are out there, people that cancel on you. It can be sketchy. It can be shady. It can be flat out dangerous, honestly. Royal Automotive mm. is here to help. They'll buy your vehicle. They'll give you top dollar for it. They gave me more than I was actually had my truck listed for. If you want a free quote in under an hour, no obligation, no pressure, head over to the corner of I-65, Highway 31 of Vestavia. Get you started right there. Free, no obligation quote in person. You can do it over the phone. Online, royalautomotive.net. If you're trying to get rid of that vehicle, Royal wants it, and they'll give you top dollar for it. Remember, for every ride, there's Royal. Uh, talking a little bit further about just kind of where we're headed with a lot of different things, GMAC. Um, the coaching carousel that we talked about yesterday, um, a lot of people just thought, oh, well, just because this Boston College coach is heading somewhere, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not, this is not swaying my opinion because one guy is getting ready to move. We're seeing more and more rumblings and more and more potential stories about to break that is probably gonna awaken a lot of people who have not bought into the college coaches looking to bolt for the NFL just yet. No, it's happening. <clears throat> it's 100% happening. Now, whether or not it ultimately affects your school uh, is to be determined. I could tell you this. I think that the destination jobs are the destination jobs. And, yes, it is less likely that they lose guys to the NFL. But then again, I think that the destination jobs also come, <clears throat> while they come with a big price tag, they also come with a certain level of stress that I think, some coaches are just not going to be really that into. Uh, they might love it for a, for a short period of time, but I wouldn't be surprised if the better the job, the more turnover it has over the course of a 30-year period. I'm not talking, you know, five years. I'm not talking 10 years. I'm talking 30 years. You might have three home run coaches, but they only stay 10 years pop, which pretty good run <laughs> given the way things have gone in college football nowadays. There's no doubt. And uh, coming up at eight o'clock, we're gonna we're gonna tell you about some of these coaches that may be on the move. Tell you about some of the things that could be happening across college football as far as coaches that are gonna leave college football and potentially try to head into the NFL. Bill Smith Buick GMC is the GMC dealer of the year. They have incredible deals on the lot right now, and you need to go and take advantage of them. If you go see Andy Cole and Jonathan Yeager, they're going to give you the best possible service. There's a reason why they're GMC's dealer of the year and have been three years in a row, and the deals that they have right now are off the charts good. Like You can go and get a GMC Sierra Denali 1500 $81,789. Is the list price? They'll take ten thousand off the sticker, down to seventy-one seven ninety plus point nine percent for thirty-six months. It's deals like that that keep people coming back 
There's deals like that that have made Bill Smith the number one dealer in the Southeast as far as units sold for many, many years in a row. They sold more GMCs than anybody last year. So go and check them out. It's a short drive up to I-65, exit 310, Highway 31 in Coleman, or you can shop online, have it delivered right to your driveway at BillSmithBuickGMC.com. A couple of those coaching moves uh, that I mentioned, not necessarily to the NFL. Missouri is going to hire Houston defensive line coach Brian Early. Uh, he'll be heading in to replace part of that staff that has departed. Uh, we also mentioned earlier in the week that Joe Cox, uh, former tight ends coach, has been at Alabama, been at Georgia. Uh, he is going to head over to Ole Miss. And now George McDonald, wide receiver, passing game coordinator at Illinois, is going to head over to Ole Miss and join Lane Kiffin's staff as well. When we come back, bottom of the 8 o'clock hour every day, we try to get you our top three. We'll see if we can get it to you next right here on McElroy and Kublik in the morning. Catch up with all things McElroy and Kublik in the morning by subscribing to the podcast. Mythically, he's grown. He's almost like a little bit bigger than a player, right? Like the myth of Bo Jackson. Like, rate, and download the show from the Jock app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back in. McElroy and Kublik in the morning. Um, next segment, we're going to get to some of these coaching moves and – I'll just say for you folks that don't believe that most college coaches are actively looking to get out, the evidence is stacking up against you. We got another one that we will discuss after our next break. Uh, Georgia also announced that they're going to sell beer at games this year. So hey. they're hopping into that one. Sanford Stadium just got a little more rowdy. I've done a couple games there. I think there's beers, there's, there's beers that have been consumed no. in that stadium before. Never. Miniatures? <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to a game as like a fan hardly. I don't feel like outside of like some spring games and like the random game where I was able to go because we had a Thursday game or whatever. So, um, I don't know. How do people drink in the stadium? I know miniatures are a popular go to, but is it possible to drink beer in a stadium without having them sold there? I'm sure it is. Of course. Feasible. People are tricky. They can, I mean, what do you do? Carry a six pack in there just right up your leg? Wouldn't it get a little warm? Duct tape and. <laughs> duct tape in a kilt. I mean, they, they, they make that would, they make flasks that are uh, insulated now. Yeah, there you yeah. go. See, figure that out. All right. Do they, uh, yeah, but do they work? We'll Does see. it matter? I do think that some schools Does like Georgia probably handled this the right way in waiting to see how it was going to go, and then saying, yeah. "Okay, good. We we this has not completely melted down other stadiums. We can do it now. All right, good. <laughs> probably, probably the smart approach there, but." Uh, Mr. Brooks and the others associated with uh, the Georgia. Oh, yeah. Let me say something else quickly, uh, and I think oh, G-Mac boy. will follow up with this. Just in reference to Georgia, uh, they announced over the weekend that Claude Felton, sports information director, is going to retire. And I just want to say congrats to him and just say what an absolute pleasure he is to work with. I know a lot of you guys won't meet him, won't deal with him, won't work with him, but he is a, a legitimate legend in the business and the nicest human being you will ever meet in your life, the most helpful human being you will ever meet. Um, we'll miss him. I know you'll miss him, Greg. Like just dealing with him at any at any point. He's one of the guys you just look forward to seeing and bumping into, and he'll yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you're it's it couldn't be any better said than that. I mean, he is like just first class. Has been around forever. Just a terrific, terrific man. Um, so hey, he's earned this. He's been there for 42 years. Uh, no, 44 years. His first year was 1980, right? I'm pretty um, sure. Anyways, long story short, he's been there nearly half a century. Um, and I think there are so many people in athletic departments all over the place, like Claude, that go above and beyond 
to make sure that that athletic department is well perceived. Like he does things. If you never hear his name, he did his job. Uh, and that I think is, is remarkable. And there's a bunch of people like that in athletic departments all over the country. And, and I hope that, uh, Claude enjoys his retirement. It's well deserved. Uh, he says he's going to be doing some fishing and hanging out with his grandkids. So I'm, I don't think there's a better way to spend your retirement than doing those two things. Absolutely. All right, uh, Damien, you bring us our top three each and every day, uh, usually worthless. Yesterday, fantastic. I think it generated mm. an hour of discussion. There so we go. Congrats on your one for 180 hit rate. Uh, well, tell- he didn't really generate an hour. He basically said top Atlanta rappers, and then he said that, Rick Ross made him want to buy a Walmart. That's a, but hey, you know what? His top three led us into that. I will, I will give him credit this one day. I just want that. clarification. Yeah. Just haters first in the foremost. Let me have it, man. I'm trying to give you credit. I appreciate I'm it. To. Tell Thanks. us about you know, BetU and then get to our top three. Absolutely. BetU, the <laughs> first legal sports betting app here in the state of Alabama. It's launched in Alabama, funded in Alabama, and it's all about head-to-head betting with your friends. You don't have to deal with the bookie. You ain't got to deal with the juice. The house ain't against you, man. It's a, tw- a $20 bet. It's simply a $20 bet what's but what's better than just betting with real money and also betting against your friends it's almost like a social network and always you can just download the bet you app that's the letter bet i mean that's the word bet and the letter u in your app store and as we know today is groundhog's day and believe it or not it's also hedgehog day is it is, plural is no, it multiple it's, groundhog's it's day? singular Oh, okay. No, like, I, I just, it's I, the apostrophe. Damien's let the whole litter out. Bro. No, it's, it's the apostrophe. It's my fault specifically. Well, he's got, it's usually, hog. he's usually like, like the actual thing owns the day. So like the groundhog, it's his day. Right. So like groundhog's day. Like I, that, I get that. Uh, a little bit of a re- uh, reach, but I get it. It's awesome up in, up in Pruitt, <laughs> oh, yeah, up in Pruitt's right. neck of the woods, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But say, so, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, that's, and that's still so strange, but, um, uh, it's Alabama, Damien. We got, <laughs> We do things a little different. Now Correct. Right. We, how much did we spend talking about Mardi Gras yesterday? That is, that's something yeah, that we, I should. I should Although have Although New Orleans there, like really had, I mean, Mobile just copied it, but yeah. Oh, allegedly. Wow. Yeah, ask anybody from Mobile though; they swear up and down. Of course, like, oh, right. Let me ask you this: who has who has a real Death Valley? LSU or Clemson? Okay. LSU. LSU. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Right. Clemson. I'm just gonna be different. Well, they got the rock, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Howard's rock. Is the real Howard's Death Valley in Arizona or California? I honestly don't know that. Uh, I like the California. Yeah. In California? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess we should say California. Anyway. Wow. Proceed. <laughs> no. Wow. You could have California. I'll take somewhere in the South. No, but the, the, today's top three, <laughs> it's actually kind of similar to what we did yesterday, but it's the top three concerts you've been to. Oh, well, this is easy for me. Number one, Jay-Z, Eminem, Yankee Stadium. Oh, God. Well, that was- Here we go again. <laughs> It's like the same topic every day. Is some if Cole could somehow get it back to Jay Z or and or Eminem, he'll do it. Like best Atlanta rapper, uh Jay Z, uh Eminem, uh no, they're not from there. Sorry, uh Andre 3000. Like golly, it's not often that I am confused with Golden Domer on the show. Right. Apparently today I have been. And Greg, Greg thought he was listening to me when Domer called into the show yesterday. Uh, top 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 of the morning, fellas. Uh, uh, he did give us three <laughs> yesterday. Um, I'm going to go with uh, two is going to be Kanye West okay. at the United Center. Um, and then number three, I'm going to throw you guys off here. Oh, it's a weird one. Rod Stewart at Phipps Arena. Uh, you've, wow. I've heard you say that before. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's he, he put on a hell of a show, and it was one of those deals where you're like, you don't realize how many smash hits someone has until they start playing them, and you're like, whoa, oh, yeah, I know that one. Oh, wow, yeah, that's yep. okay. Yeah. And he was awesome. 
So does he sing "When a Man Loves a Woman"? That'd be Michael Bolton. Be but okay. Michael Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> that one. But, Mike uh, Bolton. G-Mac confusing all the white men Whew, together. All right. mm. Just throw them all in the same <laughs> right. blender. Wow. Just lump them all together. The Amy power ballads of the okay. '80s. Right. Let's go. Uh, mine number three. Old Faithful, Jimmy Buffett, R.I.P. Uh, really not as much about the music as it is the concert-going experience and the tailgating prior to. Uh, number two, Paul McCartney, uh, which was a mind-blowing experience that my dad made me go to when I was 13. It was on my 13th birthday. And I was like, dude, I do not want to go see Paul McCartney. I just saw Blink-182 and Green Day last week. Like, let me just, you know, let me just have that for a moment. Uh, but no, dude, same thing. When he gets up there and he's singing all the Beatles songs, all the Paul McCartney, like a couple of Jet songs, like it's off the charts. And then number one, Elton John, without one, like with 100% certainty, I could sing almost word for word just about every single song, along with every single other person in the audience. Okay. It was unbelievable. He played for three and a half hours. It was ridiculous. And it was in Birmingham. I was in college. Pretty sweet. I mean, those are Almost big, as good those... as Rod Stewart at the Phipps. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to come to the conclusion that my answers will never be good enough. And, and once, I, once I mentally get myself in that space, I can just move now that, forward and do it, It's show. like this in our thing. Now that I know the rules, okay, right. I can abide by it. There you go. Them. Okay. Yeah. Well, we could, I could have gone down the Saber route and said, like, you know, Jessica Simpson and, uh, you know, when I was 14. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, uh, Shea Bear was not considering I Jessica Simpson. Jessica okay. Simpson like, top, top three. I thought as the two intellectual people on this show, I thought Greg and I had a bond, but if you're throwing this out the window, man, you best come no, for the you king. Have and you, to you, take things, you, you have a tendency to you missed, take, son. take things to a place where, uh, it's moderately like, okay, I, I totally get why you went there, but at the same time, like, all right, 14 year old me seeing Jessica Simpson in person after having a Daisy Duke uh, you know, poster on the back of my, you know, on the side of my my room, you know. There's a lot of reasons. So are we projecting now? I don't know okay, right. It yeah, feels like, yeah. Are you projecting? Yeah, that's what it felt like. Well, the good thing is I could always pin it on. I could always pin it on my sister who was five years younger. Oh, you want to go see Britney Spears and Jessica Simpson? Oh gosh, I really don't want to go, but that's fine. Uh, I'll go. You produce. You need a chaperone. You produce one show with. <laughs> I produce one show with McLaren, and all of a sudden I'm labeled as the pearl. All right, I see what it is. Okay. Right. Wow. All right. So my top three. Oh. May fifth, nineteen ninety nine. At back at the time, the BJCC, Dave Matthews Band. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Fun, phenomenal concert, and it was indoors too. So uh, uh, I had fun. Gosh, I know other he people. He probably hasn't played an indoor concert since then. Most likely not. No, because I'm pretty yeah, sure awesome. that everyone else it's there the pulled a uh, pulled a widespread. <laughs> Number two, this was back in June, Foo Fighters, out at mm-hmm. Oak Mountain. Okay. Was were they, were they pretty good? I would have liked to have seen they them. They were absolutely phenomenal. First time I had seen them since Taylor had passed, and so it was a, uh, you could tell Dave was a bit emotional. He had his daughter out there singing for a little bit. It was, it was absolutely phenomenal. But number one. Nice. September 9th, 1999, my freshman year, Outcast on campus mm. at Emory University. Hey. Yeah. Nice. Right, like, right at the time, Stankonia dropped. Too. And there, too. Yeah. Probably had a little in, something extra. Yeah, of course. Yes. Hometown. Like yes. Kanye and United Center, I, I feel like was a little extra as opposed to some of the others he did, but, Maybe, I, but I didn't right. go to a whole lot of them. But Love it. I will say one of the core experiences I've had, and it, I wouldn't put it up against those other ones, Kanye at City Stages before like young Kanye. Yeah. almost anybody knew who he was. Uh, it was like yeah. right after oh, yeah, Through yeah. the Wire came out. Yep. 
And there's not what everybody's year, like, you're what's going your to, guess? You're, like on the is, year? I mean, ooh, like 13, 14, maybe? Yeah. Oh, really? Is that that late? Uh, I could be way off on At that. At the same time, downtown, not only was Ludacris playing, but around the corner, the Killers were playing. Yeah. All at Ooh. one time. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matchup. Saw them both. Yeah. I saw yeah. Ludacris there, too. Yeah. Ludacris played twice, twice I think, at yeah. City Stages. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It used to be a deal. It used to be a deal, man. Wow. All right, Damien, you're up against the clock. Oh, it's not a minor, minor clear. Yours are terrible anyway. No, they're not. No, number three. Um, Florida, Georgia line it, it at is. the floor, Bama. Number two, Florida uh, Georgia Line no, no. at number the two. world's largest outdoor Injection. cocktail party. No, number two, <laughs> number two is Florida. T-Pain. I saw T-Pain uh, in 2013 down in Panama City. It was lit off the chain, and it was he Hold can on. sing how, and how does, can he, how does he auto-tune? No, he can sing. He can actually sing. Yeah, he's, he can, good. like, yeah, he yeah. performed a lot of the song. And number one was Charlie Wilson. I saw him at the BJCC. That old brother right there Ooh. got the juice and he Ooh. got the sway. He had old women passing out. He had young girls wow. in there passing out. Like, it was off the chain. Like, that song gun can sing. Sounds dangerous. I thought for sure Damien was going to go like Corey Smith at the frat in, in high school. Uh, well, like, I didn't know Walker where he was going. At, uh, one, of, one of your fraternity uh, houses out there in <laughs> Alabama, Greg. Runners up for me, Public Enemy Anthrax at Boutwell. Public Enemy U2 at Legion Field. That's a good one. Back with more next. This is McElroy and Kublik in the Morning. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.